Welcome to the Observed Podcast. I'm Carl. In this episode, I sit down with my good friend Sarah. We explore solitude and how it can be interpreted as a strength or a weakness. We identify how loneliness, when being present, helps us understand our own authenticity. Thanks for joining us in this episode and hope to see you on the other side. Hi Sarah. Hi Carl. <laughs> I'm back again visiting you. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I really like coming out to visit you in Wiltshire. I always feel that um, a real connection with the green and with me having a little bit of time off work over this week, it just gives me a nice reset from the city. So mm. thanks ever so much for mm. inviting me into your home. You're so welcome. Happy to have you. Yeah. Living on my own is nice to have company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's one thing, you know, I mean, and I live on my own as well. And one of the things I was really wanted to kind of explore with you, especially something, things that have come up for me over the past few weeks, um, is the, those ingredients of life, which are loneliness and solitude. Um, and something that I've noticed that, you know, a lot of people run away from, mm. you know, and the tools that they use to kind of distract themselves from it and whether we sit in it or not but um i mean first i mean you live out here in the, in the the lovely countryside so solitude here and loneliness here must be a little bit different from this city so you know what, what would you say is the elements that you get from this environment when mm. it comes to your own solitude it's funny as soon as you said those words i took it like a breath it was like a release mm just the honesty and authenticity to be able to say those words, let alone discuss it with each other. So what do I get from living here? Always, always, always the absolute power of nature and the instant um, being connected to the earth um, and how it just brings you back to who you are and the beauty of what's around you and it's unavoidable I know a lot of people can walk with headphones on or even in the countryside and it's always baffled me but I go no phone it's like no headphones it's it's just it's the beauty just mm. talking to you. it is the absolute beauty yeah of nature yeah I mean I, th- I think that's that's really poignant because with me living in the city it's there's just so much things coming in all at the same time I make an awful lot of effort to get to the green spaces of the city in mm. Bristol, you know, like places like Clifton Downs and Lee Woods and all those kind of places. Um, but I find in the city, when I'm walking around, I've got quite addicted to putting headphones in to drown it out, mm. to create that boundary um, and not really absorb it. When I used to live in more rural areas up in North England, I didn't do that. Mm. You know, and it's and as you say, it's when you... We have to connect our senses to the world, you know, and, and that's what grounds us. Mm. And I think, and I, and I generally think, in my, my observations, you know, especially living in the city, people walking around with headphones on all the time now. It's like ear pods all the time. It's very rare you see anybody without them in, and they're looking down at their phone, and their environment isn't. They're not in their environment. Mm. And sometimes I kind of debate whether they're in their body or not. 
you know. Definitely not if, if, we're, if we're pulled out by our phones, isn't it? Mm. We, it's a, a mechanism of safety to numb the feelings. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think it's that thing of this juxtaposition of that nature walk. I remember a long time ago now when I was learning Tai Chi and I used to tightly practice down by a river on a jetty in Lancashire. And um, I remember one day saying to myself, after practicing, all I had on me was my house keys. I had a shirt, t-shirt on, a pair of shorts and a pair of sandals and house keys. And that's all I had on me. I finished a beautiful Tai Chi session and I went, I'm not going home yet. I'm just going to go for a walk. And I went for a walk for four hours and I had nothing on me apart from my house keys. And when I started that walk, there was a sense of fear. Because it's like I'm, I'm, I'm moving away from my security. But then within, you know, 15, 20 minutes of really looking everywhere and looking at my where my feet are landing in the woodland and all that kind of stuff there was something really alive about that connection mm. and you know checking where my feet are landing and things so you know it was just um really a helpful way of getting in there and i think for me since i've lived in the city now for coming up 13 years i'm not surprised that i've had these fluctuations of you know i wouldn't say manic depression but um, real low moments of loneliness, mm. you know, and that's kind of where where I I kind of wrote some poetry about it as well. And uh, but before I get into that, is so your connection to the earth here in the Wiltshire countryside? Mm. Would you say that that builds a resilience in you? It's been a need. I would need. say it. It was an underlying knowing all my life. Mm. Um some sort of knowing of the connection of animals and the need to have animals um, and that need to step outside. Um, just, I love beauty, um, but I, I think that it doesn't matter where you live. I think you can find it, but also I also lost it when I had my nervous breakdown. So I lived literally backing onto fields mm -hmm. and... I lost that beauty. I would walk, and I've never worn headphones, but I, I certainly wasn't as connected. So it's definitely been something that I abs it was a knowing, and then almost like over my life, that experiences of it, you know, shifting, sometimes being there, sometimes not getting as much as you thought you should have out of it. And and then the realisation when it comes back, it's just like a meandering journey. Mm. So I, I would say that's probably the same anywhere. Mm. So thinking about when we went that, on that beautiful walk in Bristol and all I could see was the trees. It was whether that was because I come from the country. So for me, the trees and the architect, I couldn't see any, I couldn't hear the sounds of the cars. It was very mm. pulled towards the trees or um, the water or the river. Um, and we did a real in-out, didn't we? Sort oh, yeah. of navigating. Yeah, we went. So we... there was lots of sounds that could have, but yeah. So I don't know the real answer. I think it's an individual journey. I, I, I th there is, there's certainly kind of that individual fingerprint on it. But with what you're talking, what you're saying there really resonates with me about this meandering or peaks and troughs of, the environment and our kind of 
our environment building our solitude, which I seem as a, a solitude as a, a deal of strength. Mm. But then there's the moments when the, where we kind of maybe disconnect because there's something maybe going on internally and the environment's not providing us what we need. And it's just, um, it's that up and down all the time. And sometimes the down can be a bit different to what we're used to. And it kind of can blindside us. But I, I mean, I really enjoyed that walk around the city and it, with what you say in there, it's uh, when I come to the countryside, I detox for the concrete. <laughs> um, and it, and it, I, I'm, I'm literally like an addict. It's like, so you might have noted, like, I've been here a, a day or so and I've been out for a run and that's as far as I've got. Um, but inside me, there's a part of me that's going, when can I go into a place that's got concrete? You know, because I miss the boxes. And, mm. and it's not that I want to be there. It's yeah. just, I mean, I, when I visit my friend Faye out in Herefordshire, she lives on a farm and about half a mile away from our farm, there's just a, like a clump of houses with a pub next to them. And I purposely, when I'm feeling the need for concrete, I go and sit outside. I don't even go to the pub. I just go and sit out inside and look at it because there's something in me that's saying, where there's buildings there's people and where there's people there's potential for connection mm. and i think that's something that's you know that can be potentially crying out in my heart sometimes yeah, yeah. you know and it's yeah, yeah. that kind of um you know nature is good and uh, you know it's and that's the key thing that will ground us but where there's buildings there's security and there's potentially somebody there that could smile back at you mm. and you may get that feedback and i think it is a case of i mean maybe i'm at a point over the past few months in my life where feedback that's not based on the let's say professional masks that I put out in the world is something that I crave mm. um, you know it's we, we put an image of ourselves out in our work or um, no matter how much we try not to <laughs> you know it's like well, you know we try not to but we have to we have to engage in the world. We have to meet people where they are a, a mm. lot of the time. But um, but I think it's when you do that a lot, and that's all, especially that's all we're doing a lot of time, especially over the past twenty months, when there's where there's been a quite a, a division in the world where you know people aren't seeing each other as much as they would be. Mm. The the flow of inter interconnected humanity mm. isn't really happening in the way it was. No. And all we have now is this is the job that we do. This is how we connect with people. And then I come home. For me, it's then I come home alone. And because of the amount of energy I've put into this world during the day at home, I go, I don't want to do anything anymore. Mm. It's like I'm, I'm fried because I've been this not completely different person, but having to put energy and awareness into that role. And it's exhausting, isn't it? Mm. And we don't realise we're doing that. Um, and that's that's the journey of life, isn't it? That self-awareness and just listening to what you're saying then it just made me thought of um the inside so I'm very much an introvert so all my life it would have been the pull back to the sea or to nature or mm. to animals and I would be much more emotionally connected with things um more than cognitively and you know just what you're describing between us is almost like the polar opposites where um I love people but didn't crave them. I craved the, 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 the solitude and the mm. peace. And I've had to encourage myself to be more comfortable in groups of people where I won't sit on the peripheral. I'll actually um, 
being part of the conversation and hence asking questions has been really really hard for me but what you're describing is like the polar opposite isn't it it's it's like wanting to get back into something for you which is security and this is my security Mm. um and they both have relevance they're both really really important Mm. um to really connect with who we really really are Um, yeah and that's i think you just i was just going to go there with that that's a real good um, (laughs) kind of way of putting it so um, i think my i'm very good at solitude and uh one of the things i'll often do is you know i created as you know i created my own martial art group Mm. for four years Mm. um did a movement group you know and it worked as well it's like i'm very much there kind of setting up tables for people to sit at Mm. but by doing that you kind of i kind of put myself in a role Mm -hmm. that isn't integrated yeah yeah i did exactly the same with my work yeah so it's so it's and it it, so in a sense it's a role that it has a more of an element of control and focus Mm. um but then when i sit back from that Mm. i mean even when i'm inviting loads of people at work to the pub I get really excited about it and then I everybody comes to the pub and has a pint and I'm sat on the periphery. Mm. I don't mm. feel part of it. Mm. Um, and I think there's just this constant crave um, for me, which is what is it that's in me that's creating this rule for myself? Mm. Mm. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, I think that's where my exploration's going with things at yeah. the moment, you know. Yeah. I know I totally get that because I've done the same with my work and going self-employed because I wanted the best for my kids so that I could always be there from them, uh, sorry, for them. Um, But that was a a continuation of my isolation and my um, more of that insular, natural um, looking inside myself for the answers. And the answers would come and the challenge for me was... I was expressing what I knew within these groups, but never still felt that I totally belonged to them. Like mm. that the mask, like you're saying, that it was um there was something always stopping me from feeling totally comfortable, I suppose, on the external with all these people, not not feeling like I fitted in totally, wanting to help and support and give ideas. But also learning that lesson, it was my way of learning about the outside world. It was my yeah. personal, um, but it was lonely. That was lonely for yeah. me. But I don't feel that in nature. I don't, I do not feel alone when I'm in nature. Sometimes I can be a bit switched off if I've been busy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I felt more alone within a family unit, even in my life like you're saying, almost trying to please or, you know, trying to bring something together, trying to make something happen. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what I was trying to make happen. So, and, and now I see it, that was a sort of a, a lack in me. I was filling the gap, trying to make it happen mm. on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I come back to nature... And, and that would lead me on to just being still and quiet, which is the other sort of thing that I absolutely love. It seems to naturally realign me. Mm. The, the beauty, I, I don't know, the connection, the... I mean, with what you're saying, is really... Um, 
kind of making me go back to those days when I was the first martial art that I learned was Tai Chi mm. and uh, I I liked it because I was taught a form and I could just go down by the river bank and practice with real solitude looking at the herons and the, the swans mm -hmm. that were living on the weir uh, and that real connection um, I think over the years professional energy has kind of pulled me away from that it turns into a doing rather than a being mm. but yeah I just find you know when you say about being in silence and stillness mm. um, and I think when you're doing that in nature it's like a and let's go into this word that I used last night which was about coexistence <laughs> it's a coexistence with nature mm. Mm. when you're sat, sat or stood silent in nature it's you coexist with it there's no I'm doing this and it's doing that I mean, I remember doing Qi Kong in days when the, the heavens would open up and it would just pocket it with rain <laughs> and there would be people maybe walking past with their dogs with an umbrella looking at me like I'd lost my mind. Yeah. But I would just still be stood there just breathing and, you know, the world isn't doing anything at me. Mm. It, I'm just being in it. Mm. Um, yeah, I really missed that. But I think yes, last night we were listening to, well, we did listen to one of Jacqueline Horses mm. tracks, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before that, we did a half hour silence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something that within Jacqueline's uh, teachings and groups, you do that every she's, Sunday, is it? Yeah, well, she's just encouraged. Um, yeah, she's just walked alongside us. Mm. And it's something that's always been really innate. And it's something I always crave to do in groups. And over the years, I found different groups, but I always ended up sitting on my own in silence. And I just find an absolute joy to just sit in mm. silence. It, it's a skill. Mm -hmm. It definitely is a skill to um, not be overwhelmed by the constant movement of the thoughts yeah. um, and not get entangled um, on storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I suppose that's why I, I love it. It does... It just brings me back to to who I am, and you know sometimes it's a very physical experience. So sometimes there'll be lots of sensations going on, and um, I think we were laughing last night, you know, because I was yawning like mad at yeah. the end of it. It's like, and that's my my big release. Um, sometimes I'll get a, a bit hot, but almost my release is that yawn at mm. the end and you, you sneezed didn't you I and sneezed like, and yeah. my, my stomach started to speak yeah. to me you know my guts were kind of going hello and, yeah. it, and that's that's all a good sign that you're Definitely. integrating yeah. with, with that and I think that's so I mean, just to summarize there we're looking at that real grounding with our conversation so yeah. far we've identified that the grounding um with solitude mm. is through that mm. natural way mm. of being which mm. The natural way of being is being. Mm, yes. You know, silent. Yes. Being in the the nature, listening to the sounds, not blocking things out. Because when we block things out, when things start to come in, it, it creates that hypervigilance again. Yeah, totally. We're trying to avoid something, can't we? Mm. So we, we fill that void with something else. Yeah. Um, and we've all done it. I and even you know I was doing it when I didn't even realise I was doing it. it. We just have so many techniques mm. um, of avoidance yeah. to ridiculously not be our authentic self. Like, it's just <laughs> it, you know it's that whole 
this solitude thing, you know, and that was what came for me um, in lockdown. So although I've um, never been good in big groups of people, I've actually adored big things that go on, you know, whether mm. it's a party or, you know, if you went to some music. Um, and my initial was sit on the outside because I couldn't cope with the energy of what was going on in, in the middle of it. But that that solitude, um, which was unavoidable through lockdown, mm-hmm. um, that, that sort of broke me in a lot of ways because there was no other way but to recognise the feeling of almost feeling isolated, mm. solitude as well, in a different way. But there was that opposite of feeling isolated and not being able to fulfil my dream and being played along somebody else's story mm. of what felt totally unnatural. And I think for most of us in lockdown, there was that we have techniques of not looking at ourselves, but it was a real eye-opener for me to, yeah. to notice um, that I was, as much as I loved nature and I loved being in the country, suddenly somebody else was telling me what I couldn't and couldn't do. And that changed the parameters mm. around everything, which meant I felt much more of the isolation. Yeah. And from that, I had to learn that it wasn't a bad thing, but it, it took me months and months because the sensation within my body and the need to see my children or, um, and everyone was going for their own experience and were responding in their own way within their own groups and not always getting the response back from those people that we thought we we loved and would be there for us. And mm. um, that was immensely challenging. And thank God I could walk out the door with the dog mm-hmm. and walk and walk yeah and see nature and beauty and then yeah. and then i think that's it's that thing it's the um i often say that solitude is the choice for us to stand in our own world and our own being uh, but but yeah. when but when when let's say human policies and all those kind of things start to kind of push against it mm. um then it stops being solitude and it starts to become isolation okay and then isolation becomes that feeling of loneliness right um from someone who spent in his early 20s three, <laughs> three months in prison um i didn't feel isolated in prison because because i'd gone there uh for a crime that i did commit and I could, I, <laughs> it was it was only scrapping, you know, being Scottish mm. and everything. It was only fighting, um. So I went there. I took responsibility, and therefore, even though it was difficult, mm. and it was challenging, and in some times dangerous. I was always saying, "Well, I'm here because of the decision that I've made, and I have to take responsibility for it." During the lockdowns, especially at the beginning nobody was there for the decision that they made i remember at the beginning of lockdown i went hang on i've been through this if i just reframe my mind a little bit mm. i'll just do some push-ups to gangster rap and <laughs> and just go out running all the time i'm okay and i found at the beginning i was getting contacted by lots of people who knew that i was quite strong in my own solitude and people that i hadn't spoke to really quite a lot and i started getting text messages from people whatsapps and things and engaging with people that weren't used to this idea of not being allowed out and not having freedom 
and it, I actually had quite a busy lockdown when it started. <laughs> so I've got loads. Where'd all these friends come from all of a sudden? And you know that kind of went on really well for quite some time. But the, you know, like maybe near the end, well, like maybe March this year, when the world started to open up again and people's preferable distractions started to reappear, those those connections just started to disappear for me and it's and i think that's when things started to empty out for me and it's like oh mm. they were there for a moment and then they're mm. gone mm. and what were they connecting with were they mm. connecting with the true me or were they connecting with the mm. the strong solitude mm-hmm. me that is the mm. you know he knows how to sort himself out that kind of thing um yeah and then it kind of left me feeling a bit bare and empty at times you know and so then I just start to focus in on my human connection and getting that social validation through work uh, because the office started to open up and I could see colleagues again and all that kind of gear. And that's and I've always made that mistake. Well, mistake's a strong word. I've always taken that lesson and I took that lesson from school because when I went to school, I didn't learn much. But I, I used I to go... <laughs> I I went to school to be amongst people. Hmm. You know, it was a social experiment school for me. Mm. I used to go to school and actually skip class and stand outside the class I wasn't going to. It, oh, I, I would walk around the school of, while I was yeah, while I was actually kinda... playing hooky um, just to get engagement. And if I got caught, I got caught. And yeah. it's like, but um, but that, that kind of thought process kind of stuck with me throughout my life. And now it's like work becomes a, a when I'm feeling at my at lowest ebb, overemphasize too much energy into work mm. and I will then end up um, gaining that social validation from my work paradigm mm. which is okay but then that's an awful lot of energy mm. and my work is incredibly complex with a lot of emotional energy when you're working within mm. rehousing situations and um, so I'm absolutely exhausted and then mm. I'm thinking I'd really like to talk to somebody who isn't doing any of this stuff mm. <laughs> and it's like and what other interests I know I've got other interests, but what and what is it about me that's creating that barrier? Mm. You know, and it's and I I think I I mean I for me it's I kind of got um there's moments where I start to get angry and start to point the blame outward and other you know and that's one of the things I mean I I wrote about that in uh, the observed blog anyway othering mm-hmm. um but when we feel at a loss of what we can do in our own heart. Mm it's very easy for us to kind of go, well, why aren't other people do it helping me? Mm. And mm. that's, I think that's the point where solitude becomes loneliness. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. I recognise that. Um, because everyone was making their choices from whatever point they were feeling within their own body, whether they understood it or not. Mm. Um, and it, it's, yeah, it was really challenging. It was like we were sat on either end of the seesaw. Mm. Um and someone was someone else had taken control, and that's that's what um I don't like. I've always liked to be in reasonably healthy control, which you know certain things that you can do that puts you back in that good place. But so many people were f- affected in so many different ways yeah. that we couldn't even rely on that. It was really tuning into something even more deeper, or or was it just the sense that for me that these patterns you know our family patterns that they call genetics were, were coming up and they were just so unavoidably painful 
um, that we just had to be okay with them and just keep waking up and getting out of bed and mm -hmm. carrying on with our day. It's it's really interesting just touching back in. I mean, I often get too emotional. I either feel too much inside or that projection of why 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 isn't somebody helping me and through lockdown it was very much you know when you point the finger and the three fingers are turning back at you yeah it's like so you've got three fingers turning back at you so what what do you what do you need to do and I'd never asked myself those questions before what what do I what do I need to do what 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 do I need not yes I want these people to help me but what do I need first of all that can make my life better? It's yeah to stop that pain, that uncomfortableness. Um, Where do we need to visit? Mm. As we're inside, mm. and uh, that is a a real um, that that's a task. Mm. Um, I think as you know, if we're individuals that have worked in self development for a long time, we've peeled a lot of layers of ourselves. You start to get deeper and deeper, and then when something of the world I let's say gives us a question mm. um and we instantly react on this can somebody outside please give me an answer because it's because I've dug really deep in myself and it's taken me an awful lot of time and energy to do that and I really I, I really want an answer now because we want mm. it out there um but really as you say I think it's that is the the person of solitude will will start to go into that place it's like mm. hang on I want this connection, but it's not their responsibility. It is mm. mine. Mm. You know, it's 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 in me that mm. this connection isn't happening. I you can't force people to do things. Mm. Um, you know, I think what I think maybe what we're kind of shown in our media and the world at large, you know, with advertising and things just being thrown at us. Even if you are living in a, a lovely cottage in Wiltshire, and don't watch a lot of TV. Mm. You even you see it then, especially if you're on your phone. It's there's just always these images of everybody's connecting, everybody's together, mm. and you know, and it's like, and you do these things, and you get all these groups to get, and it, these all the, the all these things seem to happen, mm. but really, the internet is a highlight reel of all the good bits. Mm, I agree totally. You know, and but it's very easy if we're if our dopaminergic responses when we're feeling lonely force us into the into those yeah. realms that we think, well, why is that not happening for me? So where did we stop? Being able, and this has fascinated me over lockdown because it's something that's been in a problem in my life is asking for help, mm -hmm. um, and and then the ability to communicate to each other. You know, because that the hardest thing as human beings is well for most of us is seeing people struggle and mm. suffer, and most people will want to step in and help. And if they don't, they'll have an avoidance strategy because they can't emotionally, physically, or mentally connect with other people who are struggling um and I suppose I've sort of come back onto this because that's why I always dip back into myself and I think the answers are always given um through other sources but if you cut off our sources and if it's always projected as something that it's not through sort of um you know what whatever media channel you go down um then yeah, we just lose the ability to engage not only with ourselves but with each other. And I think that was always my big issue in life was 
my love of nature gave me a safe place, but it also could stop me engaging um, with other people and mm. engaging with myself. So even though nature is, is amazing and it brings me back in the same with stillness, it was my inability to communicate in a balanced way with other people that almost sort of caused my loneliness and that wasn't my fault either it was just mm. like that's how my life had evolved and I didn't know that I missed it or I wanted it any different until you go down the line yeah. um it's it's been a deep time these last 20 plus months yeah um, it has been a real deep time and I, and I kind of resonate with that feeling of that it's there's a, a sense of disconnect that's happened, and again it's that kind of why is the disconnect happened and instantly for me my reaction was it's because of the policies, mm. it's because of the government, mm. it's because people are, are not critically thinking and mm. not understanding mm. you know. Mm. Confusion, isn't they're, it? They're confused, so they will. People, people's mind. What is it? Uh, Tara Brack said. She, she said it's it's a condition of the mind to exit anything that's uncomfortable. So you know we've we've lived in a time recently where, you know, people didn't like the policies. People didn't like getting locked down, but it's okay because we've got Netflix, Just Eat, and strict, mm. Strictly Come Dancing's on. You know, so we're distracted and we can mm. we can talk to each other over the internet about that, mm. not about how we actually feel. So we're not even using our mind for what it's been there for, isn't it? Mm. Which is to join the dots and say, this this isn't right, you know, because th this is what I need to make me feel better. And I think it's great that the need is fulfilled within us, first of all. I think that's the place it always should be. And we've not been taught that through education. We're always pulled outwards to look mm. outside and somebody else has got the answers. And if you've got a different answer, then it's not right. Um, and so you try and fit into that box, and I never, I never fitted in there because mm. to me it was always like, it's, it's about caring for each other, it's about loving for each other. And went on the same way in my yoga, I had to be taught how to, how to write the things that people wanted to hear, because yeah. that was the answer that had to go into the box. <laughs> yeah, play that game. Yeah. If you want to advance in this, or you want to convince somebody of that, you have to say words these way, yeah, th this way, and, and write this way. And I've got a baffled expression on just thinking about it. It's like, you know, we really did that. Mm. We really entered into those systems to get to the ages that we are, where we're looking back at our experiences and thinking, well, what is the mind? My mind's the worst ever for telling me the worst stories. Mm. Um, and it's only when I ask what I need that I can use my mind in a much more constructive way. Um, I think I showed you, it's like, I, you know, I... I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had to down. write that out in a big A4 piece of paper because <laughs> I have to remind myself that I'm a capable human being mm. who knows what they need and sometimes it can't come from other people. So I have to fulfil that that need first of all. Uh, and it, Yeah, and, and I think it's that. And I think when we're people that are used to living with our own solitude and finding strength in that... Mm. There is moments that we have to give ourselves permission for when it's like where we, we actually say to ourselves, to our own hearts, why am I doing this? Mm. On my, why am I doing this on my own? Mm. Yes. 
Why yes. am I? Why am I? Why am I experiencing this world on my own? It shouldn't be. It seems so unnatural, you know, doesn't and it? It's, and it's, and we've kind in a, in a lot of ways we've developed the strength of solitude to kind of help yeah. us help us live in that yeah, world. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and on the basis that you know, if you didn't develop that strength of solitude, you know, I I speak to people and I meet people through my work and. Um, with the clients I work with that don't have the awareness of solitude and are incredibly alone and isolated and they have been for decades mm. um and you know it's it, it's a it's it makes people really sick mm. not just mentally but physically mm. as yeah, well yeah, because they're just lost yeah. they don't know even know how to have a conversation with people because they're so their soul is isolated yeah yeah you know um and I think solitude for me is a word that creates strength but it can also create maybe a false scaffolding around the the loss that I can I find totally inside. I agree. For me, it's a bit like resilience. It's, mm. it's the same. We've been fed another concept or technique that is, is just taking us away from... It's a feeling, and, you know, like solitude is, but let's not get stuck in it, isn't it? It's, it's so natural when you say, to me, it's always been about togetherness. It's always been about oneness, but everything we're fed just takes us away from from that and then we put on the mask literally in the last 20 months to cover up this image of what we're trying to be which isn't really us we're trying to be brave and resilient and well you say 20 months of this mask but I think the you know the introduction of the internet has magnified those masks mm. especially with social media mm. uh, I mean a, a my an old friend of mine, Amy and I, back in two thousand, I think it was two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. I was sat, we were having a meal at her house, and we we're having one of those discussions, um, and she was talking about Facebook, and I hadn't opened an account, and this was before we had smartphones, mm-hmm. um, and I says, oh, I'm not, I'm not that keen on it yet, and she was, oh, well, it's, it's a really good thing because it helps us connect with people that we might have been to university with and old families, and we can share photo albums, and it's really good, Carl, it's really good, and I was like. I think it's going to create a bit of a problem. I think you know, and my my argument there was, we don't we've got phones that send us text messages. We now have to send people a text message to see if it's okay to ring them. I hate that. You know? I've, I've started leaving voice messages again now, just because at least you hear a voice. Uh, and you know, and and I was brought up of an age, <laughs> as were you, where. I remember people coming round to my house and just knocking on the door yeah. and saying, Hi Ellen to my mum. And it's like, Hi Ellen, do you fancy a cuppa? And my mum, Oh, come in. It's yeah. all right, I've got 10 minutes, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, just knocking on somebody's mm. door. But now we have to, now there's like these. Like these appointments. They, okay. we, we have to schedule out our life because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to intrude in anybody's life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, but how, what are we intruding on? It's like, can I come round? Well, I, well, I don't have time. Why? Well, I've got um Xbox to play and I've got a Netflix, Netflix film to watch. We haven't got time because we're so busy filling it with things outside of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, those kind of things are. I mean, and that's the world we have to live in because we're. I mean, I'm talking like forty years ago now yeah. that that was the world. Clearly, it's changed, and that's something that we have to get. I mean, we have to tolerate and get used to. Mm. Um, but it's about bringing that back, in, that consciousness back into. Mm into the one i think that's one of the things that forces me to get a bit down and angry about it and start to kind of point the finger outside i've done that too you know and point the finger Shout at other people you know and point the finger at others yeah um on that on that premise i the other day um i kind of wrote some poetry 
about being alone and I wrote the poem and then <laughs> I read it back to myself and I went my god I was really angry <laughs> oh bless um, and it is a, it, and this is where the word alone really has that dark sense yeah. in us um, if it's alright with you is it okay if I just yeah we can maybe have a chat about this yeah. um, poem so the title is Alone I stand straight they walk by in distraction I turn and smile they gaze down in fear I ask a question. They answer in platitudes. I listen. They talk to someone else. I sit alone. They gather in identity. I find peace. They fight for nothing. So, yeah, I wrote that a few days ago. I was sat in a cafe <laughs> feeling a little bit sorry for myself. And that's and okay. It, um, and I think the reason I was feeling sorry for myself was because I was coming up to this week's leave I've got off work and realising that I don't have a lot of, hu you know, close human connection over the whole week. And, you know, I asked if I could come and visit you, mm. which is great, you know, and I'm re I really value our connection. But I also value, I also recognise the fact that when I go home, you know, there'll be moments where it's like, do I speak to today then? And I have to again reach out and I have really good fun conversations with shop clerks, baristas, the mm -hmm. people in the cafes that I go to, all those kind of things. That mm. you know, I have those human connections with people mm. and that's nice. Mm. But it's it's fleeting, it's very ethereal mm. and it's not a case that uh, people are wanting to get to know me. No. You know, and, and I think knowing that that's, that was ahead of me at the time, I was like Am I just going to be alone again? And I wrote this down and it, when I read it back to myself and I, I, I put it on the blog and I put footnotes under each um, thing. I'm not going to go too deep into them at the minute but because um, can, you can go onto the blog and, and read it. But, you know, it, there was one that kind of... I, when I, I, I said, I, I listen and they talk to someone else. <laughs> now, there was two theories that I had with that and one was the fact that people are they listen to and for me I'm listening to other conversations on podcasts all the time so I'm listening but they're talking to other people and it's kind mm. of conversations that I would like to be involved in mm. but then then I thought about when people are talking to me directly and I'm listening but is it me that's listening or a mask of my myself that's listening you know and that's where that comes from because when I'm in that professional capacity mm. there is a bit of a mask there mm. um, and I think it's a lot of this was pointing outward just to point backward back up to me and I think we I think poetry and those that kind of creative yeah, writing he helps us helps us understand who we are in our heart you know and it's, it's different to when you write something down like you've handwritten it Mm. It has a totally different connection with ourselves. There's something the physicality again mm. um, is very different, and and also it's good to be angry. You know, we have these emotions, and mm. they happen. And we've been told so many stories around them not being good, and that you're a bad person. But it it's a fleeting thing, isn't it? Like isolation or solitude should be a fleeting thing that passes through us. But somehow it, it anchors us. And for me, working with energy, we, we have an own frequency, which could be a personal pattern, a family pattern, an ancestral pattern. 
that had a weakness perhaps where we've been isolated or alone in the past and then what happened in in lockdown is suddenly everybody was in that same space and it was very hard to tell whether it was my isolation or their isolation what 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 was I feeling reminding me and again I had to, that self-talk to say um that's not that's not me I ultimately we're not loneliness we're not no. isolation um but yet we're experiencing it and it feels very physical sometimes and, and mm. sometimes it can be a very mental thought as well and yeah. um, taking you back into the body um, well the emotion and the body um it's it's really beautiful to express um but not get entangled and that's been a weakness of mine and mm. why I've been stuck in some of the places that we're talking about, there's the beauty of being um, sort of in, in my own space in nature, but also then there's the physicality of not being connected with other people that you can miss um, and then trying to find some sort of balance between the two. Mm. Um, and I don't think I've got all the answers, but but more often than not, it is just coming back to well, what do I need to to make me feel better what what do i need and then suddenly the people appear um you know no no pressure on them to fulfill what you need because you can fulfill it for yourself mm. um and then you find that you walk past like you and i do that there's something that's fulfilled when you walk the journey and you don't quite even know what it is sometimes but you're walking alongside different friends and actually you're you're both fulfilling something that's deeply required at mm. that time um, and sometimes we see it clearly and sometimes we don't and sometimes it changes mm. um, yeah I, I, that saying the, the things that we need to get us where we need to go mm. or need, where we need to be mm. one of the things that I think what this expression I did in this poem because I realised how much Kind of anger and blame was in it to the outside. Mm. Um, what that allowed me to recognise, it kind of put a mirror up, and mm. allowed me to recognise what I don't need. Nice. And sometimes we can, you know, we think what can solve my problem. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what we can also think is, is there a problem here need solving, or is there something just needing putting down? I totally agree with that. Totally. You know, it's yeah. It's that kind of solution based, and yeah. and it's funny because if you think solution and sol is the beginning of the word solitude. Oh, yeah. I've never, I've never got solution. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's it's this you know there's there's etymology there. I think if you I mean I'm not yeah. very savvy on that, but I reckon there's some level of etymology. Yeah. In in word in the words sort of solitude and solution, um, I suppose if you think about it. The great thinkers spent time in solitude, didn't they? Yeah. The people that solved the big problems of the world. But was there ever a problem? This is, I, mm. you know, I always look at two sides of the seesaw now. You know, there's a problem and there's a solution. And then there's us in the middle. And we forget that if we just stop and everything is actually okay in that moment that um, you were expressing an emotion and you wrote this incredible poem... And none of that was wrong. That was just where you were. And it, it might have lent towards a bit of anger, but that was okay. But out of that, you you saw something beautiful within yourself when you could turn it back on yourself mm. to 
to ask yourself the question, is that the real you? Yeah. Is that, you know, is that the projection you were talking about? Mm. Technology and, uh, yeah, where we've, where we've travelled from, you know, from yeah. our, our sort of brick to... Um, <laughs> to it yeah. was like, and still that my kids and so many other people are better at technology than me. But what we've forgotten about is the human technology. Mm. You know, that we are more powerful than any computer. And the the power of the nuclei within each human being, you know, bigger than any nuclear bomb, that is our freedom, that is our power. And and that's what, you know, we need to tune back into, we are pure love. What, what are we going to do? Are we going to go out and connect with somebody else? Um, because that's what we really want to do, not behind all these masks like we we're talking about, yeah. not behind the avoidance, not because somebody else is telling us to do it because we're doing it because that is who we really really are it's that sitting in our own authenticity yeah and in, when we and it's this thing of when i you know people answering platitudes um i remember hearing jordan peterson he spoke about young kids now a kid that might be a little bit haywiry at the age of four mm. and is like a bit of a nightmare mm. let's say um, you know, and really off the rails with their behaviour, yeah, and the yeah. parents are too scared to deal with that behaviour in a maybe a, maybe a formal or strict manner. Yeah, yeah. Um, what can end up happening is, why is this child not playing with all the other kids? Because he keeps hitting them. Um, but all the other parents of you know of the other kids will see the other parents. They go hiya, and they'll smile, mm. and they'll go, oh, "How's Timmy doing today?" Oh, and she's like, and it's like, and they'll look at Timmy, and, they, and they'll smile at him, mm. but they know that he's a little terror. And they don't want them near their kids. Hmm. But this little child has now started to learn platitudes and lying. The yeah. world is see, you know, the the world is lying to him, and yeah. um, because everybody's too scared with that conflict, hmm. you know, to kind of maybe see how we how can we meet that, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's the key thing. And I think that that concept has really rattled through society. Yeah, because it, we've been pulled outwards, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's that. And now it's a case of, I mean, I find in my work, you know, I'm, I'm very direct. And I think my directness can literally does put people back on the back foot because they, they want me to be softer. Mm. But if I was softer, I wouldn't get anywhere, mm. you know. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. so it's, I just have to be who I am and I yeah. think when we are who we are in an as authentic as possible way we can be mm. uh, I explained it to you the other day where that's then people see our boundaries mm. if we give a false version of ourselves the feedback that we get is going to be false mm. you know so if we give the most authentic version of ourselves outward mm. we get the feedback that we get will be you know we might not like it no. <laughs> But at least it'll be honest, and at least the people that give us that want to connect with our authentic being in the world will be will be people that want to connect with it, yeah. rather than you know having people that I'll deal with Carl at this point when mm. I feel like this, or I'm not yeah, quite yeah. Up, I'm not quite because I know you know I've got friends that will say to me, "Oh so, well, I'm not up for a big deep conversation with you, Carl," because mm. I'm not I'm not a big fan of. Uh, long form short small talk if you know what I mean I'm not a big fan of that you know it's like I can I can manage it for about 15 minutes but mm. and that's just me you know yeah, it's yeah. um but yeah I think there is that thing of we we can live in a world of platitudes and that exists that's been exponentially exploded since the internet yeah. and especially with the dopaminergic 
needs that people have towards their mobile phones because that's where they get this it's they, the pulling outwards isn't it they can pull themselves outward onto the internet and they're not in their body and you and i've talked about the five elements and the element of space and basically if you don't fill the space with your authentic self something else will fill it mm. and and it's so important to to bring it back to ourselves and our needs and our boundaries yeah um no one else, you know, that, that young four-year-old, and um, love them, you know, because they're adults in our yeah. world now, yeah. um, thinking that that's still the way because they were rejected because we didn't, we didn't, we didn't teach people at school how to have boundaries. We taught them what they were. We didn't teach them what they felt like or how to master their minds. Um, we, we just kept giving them these methods and techniques which were taking them further from who they actually are. Mm. And, you know, coming back to it, it's, to me it's all about, you know, that those boundaries, being authentic, but you have to be comfortable with other people's emotions. And I've been great with kids, um, but it is hard when you stand alongside adults and it's like, whoa, mm. and you think they weren't feeling very good today. Why don't we say it? You know, I can feel myself just heating up at the amount of conversations where you go in with compassion, but what we don't actually say is you're having a crap day, aren't you? You know, mm. it's um I mean I, I use that technique in my job when I'm talking to potentially you know people in the Department of Work and Pensions, you know, because in my older <laughs> social justice days I was a bit angrier at them and say, Will you please pay my client that needs money their money because they don't have any food? But I've kind of come to the conclusion now because I have worked in a call centre that that individual is very trapped in their world and they must take phone calls every 15 minutes of people that don't have any money. Mm. And mm. how must you feel if you're on the end, just feeling powerless on the end of the phone? Mm. And you numb yourself, don't you? And yeah, you numb yourself and you, you become, as you know, an expression that you've used is robotised. Yeah. Because it, 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 I'll just block this off. And I've, yeah. I've, on a number of occasions now, I'll say it to people in a very compassionate way. It's like, it must feel very powerless for you to be on the end of this phone and for people to be asking you for their money and there's mm. no, all you can do is send an email and tell them to wait. Mm. Um, it must, and the response I get from that is, say 80% of the time, it's like, I'll just have a chat with my supervisor about your inquiry mm. and I'll get some movement. Because mm. you've connected in the heart, haven't you? You've, yeah, you've, you've come out of the bit. brain and mm. you've come into the body and used the body in a really nice, in a feeling sense. Mm rather than it overpowering you with an emotional or them by avoiding it and numbing yourself and switching off you've really you've connected haven't you and that's that isolation connecting with somebody mm. which is the, must be the joy of what you do in your work well i think what it is as i say i use my work as a way to kind of maybe validate my my connection socially well i've been the same with mine my work of with kids non-verbal mm. kids mm -hmm. and helping them connect with themselves and that there's not a bad kid or a bad teenager there's just somebody who um hasn't learned about themselves and whose family have been stressed or didn't know themselves and yeah that gave me an access point to mm. to learn about myself but also validate something that was missing within myself yeah and i, and I think that's the thing is when we can start to see what's not there mm. And what we can let go of. Mm. I think it's then our authentic selves can start to shine through. Because I think we then we've been on it. You have to go on a journey. There, yeah. there is no. You can't. This world is not for wusses. It's mm. painful. 
Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It, it's lonely. Yeah. It's um, you feel like a failure sometimes when you're trying so friggin' hard. And yeah. It's like and uh, and then the mind will do its best to rule you on on telling you that you're rubbish and you know just reminding people to come back into the middle and and who are they and what do you need who are you we are beings of joy mm-hmm. that, that's really really resonating with me you know beauty has been great and nature has been great but there's that feeling of of joy within us yes um we're here to enjoy you know you coming and visiting me it's mm. like it, that that's the whole thing someone knocking on your door Instead of making an appointment and it's got to be fitted in, we, we forget the just the beauty of joy. And, and those moments of joy, and I, I, this is a this is quite a big anecdote really for me. Um, so <laughs> when I wrote that poem, I left yeah. the cafe that I was in and I was walking down the street. Now in my local area in Bristol, um, it's it's quite he- he- hectic and there's a lot going on. Mm. And there's a guy there that sells the big issue called Jeff. Okay. He's a Jamaican fella, <laughs> and he's an absolute legend. And he is there all the time selling the big issue. He has been doing it now for twenty years, you know. Um, and he's just got such a a, a big vibe about him. He, he he waves at people. He fist bumps everybody that's going past and <laughs> everything. He's just a character. He's just one of mm. the best characters in the world. He literally fills that part of the street with a lot of joy. And there's been, you know, there's been periods where I've been living where I'm living at Christmas time where I've had to spend Christmas days on my own. And I, generally when I spend Christmas days on my own, I'll go out for a run and Jeff will be out wow. um, on great. Christmas day walking around. And, you know, I'll, I'll give him a big hog and all that mm. kind of stuff and, you know, I kind of share a sort of run with him at Christmas and that kind of gear. And I came out and, and all through the lockdown he was around as well. And when I used to go out walking a lot... He was there, and I'd, I'd see him, I'd fist bump him. And the other day, I was feeling this kind of othering towards the world. And I was walking down the street, and I didn't have my headphones on, which was a, which was a, bit, di- which <laughs> a bit different. So I didn't have my headphones in, and I just had this, Oy! and I looked over, and Jeff was on the other side of the street. Normally, if he was on the same side of the street and there wasn't traffic, he'd fist bump me. Yeah. Um, but he went, Oy! and I was like, and I looked over, and Jeff went like this. <laughs> like that and he's like he chest bumped himself brother and I was like and I I started to well up wow. with joy yeah and it, and it's like the one person that reached out to me yeah is yeah. someone who who is in that situation yeah. and you know and he really demonstrates a lot of resilience in his his, in his life and mm. yeah, it really kind of touched me mm. and it, it it pulled me out of that othering again. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yes, there is people out there that are genuinely authentic. Yeah, which who definitely. He, who he is. And... Without, um, you know, needing the money in the way, you know, we have this illusion that we need this money to create this mm. this joy. And it's yeah. not. And there's him just being himself. Yeah, and I mean, he is, I mean, they've, they've done murals of him around Bristol. You know, he's he's really well known. He's a, such a lovely guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he re- it really that, that vibe that moment of like he recognizes me, he sees who I am, mm. he sees the real me. I can feel that as you're saying that. You know, it's so authentic. Yeah, and I think he also knows that I have time alone because mm. he's seen me on Christmas mm. Day. What it's mm. like, I'll say I'll say to myself, what's that homeless guy doing out on Christmas Day and not a, mm. in a in a night shelter or somewhere? He mm. doesn't do that, by the way. He doesn't 
engage with the kind of homelessness services. He does his own thing. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. But he'll also have the same vision of me. It's like, what's that guy doing out mm. on? Why is he not with his family mm. or with his mm. friends? What's he doing hogging me? And, mm. and I think over six years of me knowing him mm. and. I'm like every day, Monday to Friday, going past, going mm. to work, I'll fist bump him on the way to work and <laughs> on the way back. I see him twice a day. Mm. And I just think it's, it's in seeing that really, and when you get those authentic connections, even if they're really small. Yeah, yeah. And know. what it's sort of making me think about is safety. Mm. How we put so much into being safe. Mm-hmm. And there's him, just his joy is his safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's, I mean, he's an absolute legend. He, mm. he, he's an experience to um to behold when you walk down Stokescroft in Bristol. You know, <laughs> you, you, and you won't miss him if you if you ever walk yeah. down Stokescroft in Bristol. Yeah. Wow. So, so, no, I think we've come to a lot of really helpful conclusions. I think practically, uh, certainly things that I'm going to start doing in the city. Mm. It's not wearing my headphones so much. I, yeah. When I go running, I don't wear headphones. But I, it's when I go walking around the city, I'll I'll have music on. I'll be mm. listening to a podcast. But I think maybe it is important to start hearing, really listening yeah, to the world around, around me. Are they all bad? I don't know. Well, no, they're not. You know, and I, 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 they're not. And you can, but I think if you're in amongst it for too long, you yeah. can tell yourself that they are. Totally, like anything, isn't it? Mm. You create your own story around not being able to to cope with it because, really, inside there was something missing inside you that we were trying to fill with something mm. else yeah, and i think other things you know especially realizing that you know getting a bit more out into trees and nature while i'm in the concrete oh, i've got a real tree thing at the moment as yeah. you know yeah and sounds with the work i do and just mm. now they're losing all their leaves and yeah and sitting under trees i absolutely love just sitting under and, and i think it's when we ground when we when we allow our senses to absorb the reality and the authenticity of the universe, mm-hmm. we can then generate that understanding in our own being, mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. own selves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then once yeah. we generate that in our own selves, that authenticity reflects outwards. Definitely. And it creates those that clear picture of who we are, yeah, definitely. rather than in this mask. Yeah. Um, it's it, and it's just as I said before. It's about knowing what we need to let go of and when to let go of things. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. Well, they come up, don't they? So we can see it clearly. It's like it's come mm. up over this these few days, and you know it's been really helpful for me to just vocalize something, um, and just allowing it to be raw and rugged and uncomfortable and questioning and. Just because I don't want it in my life anymore, you know, certain yeah. things. It's like I don't. That's I don't want it to be that way because it's not us, is it? That masked person. It's just not us. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's come up to say, go away. Yeah, yeah. You're not me. Yeah, you're not me. <laughs> yeah. So just to kind of end, I've got. A, mm. I wrote another poem, mm. and this poem I wrote back in August, and it's. I think it's an antidote to what we spoke about. Yeah, I haven't heard this one. I heard the other one, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, And it kind of maybe meets into what we were discussing. I don't know. Let's have a look. Mm. So it's called Solitude. It is here, touching the wind, listening to whispered grass, fragments of others joined in knowing, lost in heart. Find the beat for the self. The drum is never distance. 
expansion lives here. Constraints only teach. Pathless with wide horizons, alone no more. A muscle of judiciary connection to serve. Inward, it sees outward. Mirrored truth of the soul. Time does not live here. It is born from the one, from the heart, from the being that is you. So thanks for our conversation today, Sarah. Mm. And um, let's have another one very soon. Yeah, okay. and I'm going to listen to that poem again. That's lovely. Okay. It's one of the ones you have to like, yeah, I need to re-listen to that and the words. But yeah, okay. it's awesome as always. Thanks, Carl. Thanks ever so much, Sarah. Cheers, Thank now. You. Bye. Thanks for being part of the Observed podcast. You can connect by visiting anchor.fm slash observed and clicking the website button. Speak again soon and stay free.